This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. From the Malamut and Associate Law Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank. Enjoy Voices of Faith. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The spiritual Voices of Faith begins right now. We come to everybody in the Delaware Valley on the unofficial end of the summer season. Good evening, everyone, and welcome in to Voices of Faith. Tonight, we bring you a message of hope. We give you an inside look at a man who bleeds his faith, and he's not shy about it. And later on in the program, we'll meet a nonprofit that will stop you dead in your tracks. All of that on Voices of Faith with my partner, Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. Jimmy, uh, how are you, sir? I'm terrific, Joe. As you say, it's the unofficial end of summer, but, uh, you know, with all the curveballs that came at us, I think there have been many blessings along the way. A great fall lined up in front of us for Voices of Faith. We, of course, thank everybody for tuning in every month that the show comes on. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Super excited, uh, as I've been in each of the first three shows, Jimmy, about our guest. Uh, no difference here. We've got a great guest uh, that we're going to introduce to the Delaware Valley. Many in the Delaware Valley already know this man. Oh. Oh, my God. Uh, Eustace Mita is a, a leader and a champion. Uh, what's amazing about this young, uh, this gentleman is, you know, his Man Up Philly effort. It's the largest gathering of its kind in the country. He's the, uh, he's the guy, uh, the voice behind the action, let's say. Uh, he's also was instrumental in working with Dan Hilferty and the mayor and others to bring uh, the world meeting of families together with our Pope visit. Um, the Papal Foundation, you know, president of that operation and a leadership role in, the, in, in, in a way that um, uh, doing that work in a way that very few can. Yeah, it should be a good conversation coming up here on Voices of Faith. One other reference before we get into our, our commercial break or get into our break and actually begin uh, Voices of Faith. Uh, Jimmy, you sat down, you went one-on-one with Archbishop Perez. We've got a great seven minutes coming from that interview. Um, Joe, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but um, this guy is really special. We are so blessed in our community to have um, Archbishop Perez at the helm. This is Voices of Faith with Jim Brown and Joe Krause coming to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. When you're lucky enough to be around special people like that, you got to take things from those situations. I feel the same way about you, Eustace, when I met you. Your energy, like, I knew day one, Eustace is a special person. You know, how you go about your day, how you treat people. Um, you know, and so you gotta, you got to take things from people like you. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Business Leaders Radio Special, Voices of Faith, presented in part by Givnish Funeral Home and by First Trust Bank. Later in the show, we'll introduce you to our next Philly Proud community nonprofit. 
The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia is your go-to resource for Catholic philanthropy, an independent nonprofit working to grow philanthropy according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Their foundation is grounded in the principles of faith and service. CFGP meets the diverse needs of donors and Catholic institutions alike by providing a full range of expert fund management, fundraising, and development services that help secure bright futures for the Catholic ministries you care about. Steward your philanthropy as you intend, or raise the funds needed to help your ministry grow and thrive. Both services work together to secure a future for faith, and that future starts with you. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia will help you fulfill your charitable purpose, because at the heart of charity is love. Learn more about how the Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia can guide you. Visit thecfgp.org or call 215-587-5650. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of Faith celebrate a real bright spot in our archdiocese, Mother of Mercy House in Kensington. Inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ and His Church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Liam Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort, and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program, will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant. God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org. back here on Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT along with my partner Jim Brown. Jimmy, as you said in that opening segment uh, to the listeners, we've got a fantastic guest lined up for our show. I'll let you do the honors uh, and bring our special guest into the broadcast. This is Voices of Faith. Joe, well, I can't be more excited because not only is uh, is Eustace Mita a, a, a champion and a leader, he happens to be a personal friend of mine, so it's always kind of fun when you you get a, a moment to spend uh, with with a personal friend. Um, uh, Eustace, there's so much ground to cover today in our in our interview, and um, you know um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, so I, I think what I'd love to begin with is I don't know if a lot of people know the story of of your daily mass and how it connects with your family members. Can you just share that with the audience today? Jimmy, thanks, and Joe, thank you as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, it dates back to one of the things I developed uh, early on in life, and that was setting goals, Jim. And it's, it's really served me well. And one of the goals, I have them in four categories every year. One is my physical goals, my health, my weight, uh, my strength, how I want to handle that. Uh, another one is financial 
our, our businesses, how we want our businesses to perform. Uh, another one is a relationship goal, starting with my God, my wife, uh, my children and grandchildren, and then business uh, uh, team members, and then spiritual goals. So this dates back to uh, late 80s. And I remember when I when I first set a spiritual goal, I said, well, you know, I want to go to Mass twice a week. And then a couple years later, it was three times. And so finally, by the early 90s, I'm going to Mass seven days a week. And then I said, well, geez, you know, what, what else can I do spiritually to grow? Well, you know, why don't I do a rosary and uh, each day? And then it was actually prompted by my mother, uh, who told me one time that she prays for me every Wednesday. Hmm. So I said, I'm going to do this for my own children. So in age, we have five children. So the oldest gets Friday and the youngest, the oldest use gets Friday and the youngest Molly, uh, her day, uh, I'm sorry, the oldest is Monday use and our youngest, who's uh, our youngest daughter too, Molly, is on Friday, Susie Saturday. And then Sunday uh, was for my parents, but I know they're both in heaven now. And so Sunday, I just is all encompassing for family and friends. I love it. And 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 your jewelry uh, is Thursday. So the beauty of Thursday today was wow, Grand Slam, uh, St. Monica, what a win! Because um, we're taping here on Thursday. Total win. And uh, you know, mass this morning was great to uh, to remember St. Monica. And in fact, her son, St. Augustine, who we all know she was praying for because uh, my boy was a high flyer and a big partier. And he was either 32 or 33 years old when he made the conversion. And, uh, you know, obviously his mother was the happiest day of her life and happy day for all of us because now we have the Augustinians. Eustace, tell me about your the moment after you leave Mass on a daily basis. There's that first few minutes before your day begins when you've just left mass what's it like well you know joe that's interesting because i'm 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 really appreciate that you prompted me when i leave mass every day uh as i'm walking down the aisle which thank god we're allowed to thank you god to receive communion now and I say a little piece of a prayer that we say in our gospel reflection group, and it goes like this. A prayer, it's from the prayer of Pope Clement, written 1,100 years ago. You'd think it was written yesterday. And I say, Lord, I offer you my thoughts to be centered on you, my words to speak of you, my actions to do your will, my sufferings for your sake. And then right before I leave, I say, Lord, please illuminate my path so that I can recognize your will for me and follow it. And then I remember a great phrase uh, from Samuel. And if you remember, um, Samuel was, uh, I guess, the mentee. His mentor was Elijah. And he was woken up three times. And he's there, yeah, Master Elijah, you know, what do you want? And Elijah finally says, hey, I'm not the one calling you. That's the Lord. So next time you hear that call, I want you to say this. And that's what I say every morning, Joe. I, after I say, Lord, illuminate my path so I can recognize your will for me and follow it, I say, please. Now, he, Samuel just said, speak, Lord. But I always put please in front of it. I say, please speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I've come to do your will. And that's how I start my day. It's amazing. Um, I think one of the things that I admire most about you, used is that um, um, regardless of your success, regardless of your um, status in community, let's say, 
uh, you're not bashful about your faith. And yet the beauty is you never hit anybody over the head with the Bible. It's simply a matter of, hey, Jim, how you doing? What do you think about the Eagles? Are they playing that? The, the, the beauty of, I think, the walk that you're taking is it's not over the top, but it's real. And I really appreciate that. Hey, can you, can you talk just a moment about the, your Catholic foundation and your passion about, the, uh, about um, our, uh, our background, let's say, and how it applies to your day-to-day actions in terms of decisions you make? You're, you know, you're deep in the real estate auto business. Let's talk about that a minute. Well, you know, Jimmy, I wasn't one of those guys who got this aha conversion one day. Uh, my grandmother and my grandfather... Uh, had great faith, had great faith, Eustace Wolfington and Mary Margaret uh, Wolfington. And that went to uh, my mother, her brother and sister. She was, she was one of nine, and it kind of filtered down through us. So I would never call myself a holy roller. Uh, I just had a great benefit of loving the Lord, and it's, it's so crazy. I can remember, uh, and I was maybe six, seven years old, no older, And uh, I had gotten a half a dollar, uh, or I'm sorry, a silver dollar uh, on Christmas. And I took it to Mass because I had heard that widow's mite uh, message. And I put that silver dollar in the collection. uh, And that kept me going for 10 years. It made me feel great. Hmm. And so then, but like anything else, you know, my father um, had a bad time with alcohol and uh, was a very... Uh, physical alcoholic, and I'm just pleased to say uh, I watched his transformation because from the time I was 18 years old, my brother and sisters, he stopped drinking, and it changed our family dynamic in an unbelievably positive way. But in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, it was the faith that sustained me. If I was afraid at night or, you know, afraid of what might happen, uh, I talked to the Blessed Mother, and, and I think that came, I know where it came from, my mother and my grandmother. And so that kind of stayed with me. And then I had a really big incident in my life. I went to St. Matthias, great parish, great grade school. And, uh, and then I was, my parents couldn't really afford, I actually went to go to Malvern, but they couldn't afford that. And so uh, my brother was already Archbishop Carroll, and they kind of wanted to keep us in different schools. I went to a local public school, had a terrible experience for one year, and uh, we don't have time to get into why, but it was just terrible, terrible for my own self-image, terrible for uh, how I felt about life. And, and you can see where today's uh, teenage suicide rate is off the charts. Thankfully, we didn't have the same, the iPhone, the iPad, and all that, which I think can help it, uh, put, put an accelerant on, on bad thoughts as well as putting accelerant on good thoughts. My mom and my mother and father sat me down one day and said, listen, you know, I know your brother's there, but uh, what would you think about going to Archbishop Carroll? I said, get me out of here. I can't wait to go. And here's what an impression it had on me. The first day of school, you ready for this? Archbishop Carroll, my dad drove me. We actually had a great time on the way there. He picked me up at the public school I was going to. And it's nothing against public schools. It's just my own experience. Picks me up, same day. I get there at lunchtime. Don't ask me why. I was too young to know how that happened. But so there's a jukebox back in those days at Carroll. And I still remember the song playing. It was called No Time by the Guess Who. Quick lyric. So I walk into No Time Left for You, On My Way to Better Things. 
Wow. I found myself some wings. No time left for you. And today, even telling you that gives me chills. And that put me on a trajectory that changed my life. Christian brothers were fabulous. And I would tell you, Archbishop Carroll uh, put me on a trajectory that absolutely changed my life. It's funny, you know, one of my dear uh, best friends in the world, and you're very tight with uh, with Greg Webster as well, um, it's amazing. I went to a celebration at the high school, uh, Archbishop Carroll, uh, last year or the year before, Hank Mullaney, Jay Mullaney, Eddie Mars. I mean, it's unbelievable what that school has produced. It's uh, hey, listen, we're we're getting tight on on a commercial break, but could you tell the room uh, or the audience rather uh, about the story? You know, your dad had that issue, but he saw you solo in a schoolyard during your grade school years. That really moved me when when you told that story last time I saw you in a in a in a public forum. Let's say. So, Jimmy, what happened then? My dad, as I said, he was, a, you know, he was a rough and tumble guy. As a result, I have one brother, three sisters, and we were rough. My brother and I were rough and tumble. So I found myself in fights even in grade school. He drives into the grade school. Um, I didn't know he was there. I was in the fifth grade at the time. And he drives in, and he saw I just got finished in a, in a scuffle. And uh, he parks his car. He's watching me, unbeknownst to me. And the scuffle stops and the guys go around and play and he sees me standing there all by myself. He comes home that night and says to me, Yus, I was in the schoolyard today and I saw you standing by yourself. He said, it broke my heart. Yeah. So he said, I got you this gift. And he gives me this book. And he said, I noticed he didn't have any friends. Now, his delivery wasn't that good, but his intent was pure. And he gave me the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that was a basis pre-Carol for another turnaround in my life. Amen. A huge turnaround. And I read that book every year. This is Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of today's Catholic Business Leaders radio special, Voices of Faith, are proudly being presented by the Catholic Foundation, Michael Cleary of TAC Benefits, Linda Rosanio of Think Traffic, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, and our dear friend, Angelo Valletta. Voices of Faith continues now with an inspirational endorsement from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes. Research indicates the average person speaks 7,000 words a day with many speaking much more than that. Think about what that means to you. Those 7,000 words or more you speak daily are your imprint on the world. They can dictate how people perceive you and largely define you. Imagine the impact we could have on our lives and the people around us if we simply replaced two of the 7,000 words, have with get. Simply put, rephrasing I have to with I get to. One simple word change can remind us that there's potential benefit in every situation. What might seem as an inconvenient favor at first might actually bring another person joy. And as a result, bring us joy in the process. We get to help somebody. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? We all know simple isn't always easy. I believe the simple becomes a little easier if we start with the mindset of gratitude. The Archbishop encourages all to ask ourselves the question, who is Jesus to me? If we can frame the answer to that question with humility and gratitude, it becomes relatively easy and we can understand and appreciate all the blessings we have come from Jesus. 
With our faith as a foundation, we will be able to recognize that life is happening for us, not to us. We can look at challenging situations in our lives as gifts, as opportunities for growth or to connect with someone new. It's just a matter of finding that upside. Even if it is not certain, the potential for a positive outcome is there. That will help us approach things from a place of gratitude and faith. You see, we have a choice. We can choose our attitudes and actions. We can choose how we view our life. We can realize every day is a gift. It's not about what we have to do. It's about what we get to do. Sure, there will be challenges. Life isn't always easy. But if we approach every day as an opportunity to learn, grow, and be thankful, we will live a more meaningful and powerful life. Pat Shiraki, in her interview last month, relayed the story of how when she was co-hosting the live broadcast of her Holy Father's visit to Philadelphia, she desired to receive the Sacrament of Communion. She left her broad position from the broadcast center and proceeded to join the masses of people gathered in order to do so. As she was in line, she noticed that a group of 25 to 30 uniformed Philadelphia police officers had gathered behind her to also receive communion. And it reminded me of a man who I'm honored to call friend. Father Stephen Wetzel, oblate of St. Francis de Sales, currently serves as executive director of Michael the Archangel Ministry Program at Philadelphia Lodge 5 Fraternal Order of Police. The program's mission is to provide multi-denominational pastoral care, crisis ministry, and spiritual enrichment opportunities to active and retired Philadelphia police officers and their families. Father Steve can frequently be found patrolling the streets at all hours of the day and night with our men and women in blue, providing comfort, conversation, and spiritual engagement. Father Steve has embraced the idea of I get to and does it with humility and a spiritual driven purpose. He knows what Jesus means to him. So join me in saying my life is a gift, not an obligation, and I get to make the most of it. Let me end with a question for you. What do you get to do today? As always, stay safe, my friends, and may God bless you. to Voices of Faith with our special guest, Eustace Mita, along with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. Uh, Eustace, as you heard in that uh, commercial break, our inspirational message today from Dan Zalecki, he ended it with this statement, here's what, or what do you get to do today? How would you answer that? What do I get to do today? We talked about a book that I had been given by my father years ago. And I realized, thankfully, in my 20s, uh, that there's three things that are going to change you. I brought them down to three. The books you read, the people you meet, the goals you set and achieve. And one of the books that I read had a profound effect on my life. And it, it was about 10 scrolls that were discovered over 2,000 years ago, time of our Lord. And scroll number five, I won't give you all 10 because I know we're tight on time, Jimmy and Joe. Don't worry about it. Scroll number five goes like this. I will live this day as if it is my last. I will live this day as if it is my last. So when you say, how do I start the day today? There's a phrase in there, Joe, and it says this. How will I treat this last precious day? I will seal up its container of life. Careful not to spill a drop upon the sands of time. When I leave this morning... I will kiss my children 
and my wife goodbye because today is all I have. Tomorrow they may be gone and so will I. I will live this day as if it is my last and if it is my last, it will be my best. And if it's not my last, I'll get down on my knees and thank God at the chance of another day. Wow. That's a spot on, my friend. Spot on. Um, there's so much ground to cover uh, and, and, and so much uh, success in your past. Um, one of the highlights for me would be um, the world meeting of families. Can you talk about that experience? My goodness, because Philadelphia might not have been on the map had you and some other leaders not said, let's make this cook. We know that was an interesting time in Philadelphia's time in our lifetime because we were actually awarded, and I mean awarded, uh, the World Meeting of Families by Pope Benedict. Before it got to Philadelphia, he resigned. Pope Francis becomes the Pope. We get word back that Pope Francis is, how do we say, getting comfortable as Pope and was probably a good chance that he would not be able to come or was not planning on coming to the World Meeting of Families. I remember I went then to... Uh, I, I, was, uh, I was on the board then of the Papal Foundation, uh, so I had the pleasure of meeting the Pope. So I said to then Archbishop Chaput, I said, uh, Archbishop, I had a meeting with him, uh, and I had a meeting with uh, the then CFO, uh, Tim, who was CFO of uh, the Archdiocese. And I said, Archbishop, if the Pope doesn't come, we don't have a world meeting of families. We can't raise money. We can't. I mean, the Pope has to come. Pope John Paul, who, inter, who uh, started the world meeting of families, he never missed one. And so, uh, and we had only had three popes in the United States of America up till that point. So I said, think about this. Pope Francis would be the fourth pope. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. I said, we're only getting a pope here once every 500 years. <laughs> so I said to uh, Archbishop Chaput, I said, uh, listen, how about if I just fly to Rome and I'll, I'll sit in his office and, you know, I mean, we got to, we have to have the Pope here. So he looks at Tim, Tim looks at me and they say, don't go rogue on us, Eustace. You know, we'll find another way. But it was a great day for Philadelphia. It was a great, you know, when I say day, three days, it was just incredible. Uh, it felt like Philadelphia itself was levitating. Mike Nutter was a mayor, did, mayor back then. He did a fabulous job. I mean, there was just great help. Danny Hilferty uh, was an incredible inspiration. Uh, he, you know, Danny did a wonderful job and, and uh, you know, chairing it. So it was, it was really good. I, w I was chairman of development, so my job was to raise the money. It's funny you mentioned uh, Dan Hilferty. I think that uh, he's another gentleman who's had his a fingerprint on so many positive things in our community, St. Joe's University um, graduate, and you could see that the Jesuits put their, their fingerprints on him. Talk a moment for uh, about your relationship with Dan, because I'm a big fan. Joe and I love the guy. We know it's interesting. To me, Jimmy, the most endearing quality uh, of, of that any man can have, because it seems women have it naturally and we don't, is humility. Dan Hilferty is one of the most humble leaders uh, that I've ever met in my life. And uh, we read every Friday at our Gospel Reflection the Litany of Humility. And Dan's the guy. Dan is that man. And uh, so I, I think that's what draws so many people to him, draws so many people to his leadership. Because not only is he smart, uh, intelligent, he's not a bad looker, 
But I would tell you that uh, Dan's humility just makes people, he magnetizes people. It's funny. Um, your mom, uh, as I understand it, was a really big, um, uh, heavy influencer on not only you, but the entire family about the concept of positivity. I would tell you that Dan Hilferty and, and you have that same blessing. Can you talk about that, being positive, regardless of adversity? My mother... I mean, she was the queen of positivity. And she would always say, I know we all heard that saying as we're growing up. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And my mother actually lived it, though. She didn't just say it. She practiced it. And she would say it to us over and over and over again. And no matter what we were doing or what assignment or uh, mission we had, if we were discouraged, she would say, do not despair, do not despair. And Jimmy, do you know, it was 50 years later, as I really got into the Divine Mercy Chaplet, that I realized it's in the Divine Mercy Chaplet at the end, you know, where our Lord uh, gave St. Faustina the words, do not despair nor become despondent, but submit yourself to my holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Something, in, I wish she was alive today. Um, that's where she must have got it. But she would always say, do not despair. Be positive. You can make it happen. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You know, it's a generational thing when you think about it. Uh, Tom Brokaw wrote about the, the, the generation that, that gathered our country uh, through World War II, the leadership that kind of put us in a, in a spot that we're still benefiting from today. Um, leadership uh, today. Uh, one example that I would submit to the audience this afternoon would be the Man Up uh, Philly event. Can you talk about the birth of that and what gave you the impetus to, and maybe the audience doesn't know what Man Up Philly is, everyone, let's say. Can you give us a couple minutes on that? Funny story, and I think the audience will enjoy it. We had started a gospel reflection group that we were holding monthly. The guys, there was only five or six of us, the guys loved it, so we started to hold it uh, bi-monthly, bi-weekly. And then the guys couldn't remember what week it was scheduled. So we said, listen, I said, guys, we're going to have it every Friday, 7.30, 8.30. If I can't be there, the show must go on. Uh, Eddie Mearsh brought in, uh, you know, the conference bridge for us and, and we were able. So, so the uh, then Archbishop was then Cardinal Regali and uh, his eminence heard about it. And he sent down um, uh, Bishop... Uh, Oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank right now. Just a just a great, great guy. Yeah. And uh, so he came down, went back to the uh, his eminence, the cardinal, and said, uh, hey, they're really doing something, you know, spectacular down there. His eminence calls us in along with uh, our pastor, uh, now Monsignor Ralph Chifo, and says, listen, we'd like to start uh, a man's spiritual conference. And I said, that's great, your eminence. And uh, what's it look like? He said, well, it'd be a one-day event, and, you know, we'd bring some speakers. And I said, boy, it, it you know, really sounds good. Uh, what would we call it, Your Eminence? He said, well, why don't we call it the Philadelphia Archdiocese uh, Men's Spirituality Conference? I said, Your Eminence, this is Philly. I said, no, I said, we won't get anybody to go. So uh, that's when we came up with the name, Man Up Philly. Man up, be a better husband. Man up, be a better husband. Man up, be a better father. Be a better person. Be a better friend. And so we have fantastic speakers. We, always, we get four speakers, uh, never more than four, never less than four. Always one is an athlete. You know, Richie Gannon uh, did a great one for us. Uh, Mike Piazza did another one for us. You know, Dumpf 
And uh, Jaws was great. Yeah, Jaws did a great job. Yeah, but yeah. the one that really ripped me away was there were two speakers. Uh, um, Matt Kelly, how the heck did you score Matt Kelly, Matthew Kelly? Wow, it's so funny you say that. It took us five years to get him. I literally flew out there and I said, "Listen." Tell Matthew I'm coming out. I flew out to Cincinnati and met him in his office. And I said, listen, he said, you says, I don't do any public speaking anymore. The ministry's so big and we're so busy, da, 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 da. And I said, Matthew, come on, give us one. So he came out and uh, Matthew and I became friends and have stayed great friends since. And he really enjoyed it. And we, we loved having him. He's a very special, gifted man. Yeah. Matthew Kelly. And it was, was that the year that Todd closed the event? That was the year that Todd, very good, Jimmy. Wow, talk a minute about uh, Todd. Joe, what do you hear this? This is going to make you, whew. So one day, uh, Eddie Morris calls me and he says, hey, you, I'm going to bring down uh, Todd and, uh, to the Gospel Reflection Group. And he said, you know, it looks like he and his wife are breaking up, so on and so forth, divorce and, and what have you. Todd comes down. Uh, we later find out a couple months later, and he keeps coming, that uh he was afflicted terribly, like right out of the blue with cancer. Eddie Moe inspires him. You know, you got to try to get back together for your family, for your wife, for your kids. And he already had, he had a girlfriend that he was on the cusp of getting engaged to. So Todd, you know, you see how Jesus works. He comes down. Uh, he just gets inspired, gets back with his wife. His kids are just, I mean, imagine in a divorce situation, and I'm the product of divorce, Anybody who's been divorced or is a, a child of divorce knows, what do all the children want? Their greatest wish, get mom and dad back together again. So imagine the happiness. So Todd goes back, and I guess it was probably a year and a half, maybe two years later, uh, that he, there was no more they could do. For, he was dying. He literally, you know, we asked him to speak at Man Up. He literally called that morning and said, I, I can't get out of bed. I'll try my best. I mean, all but crawls up on the stage and gives, and I encourage everybody to go to manupphilly.com. I don't care how you feel about God or Lord, you got to watch Todd. And uh, he, he just changed probably 1,300 men's life that day. So the Holy Spirit works. Eustace Mead, our special guest here on Voices of Faith. Jimmy, as we wind up, we have a couple of minutes left uh, in the program. Eustace, I want to ask you a question that I don't ask very many uh, people, but I think you're uh, fit for the challenge of answering the question. Um, When you leave this world, what will they say about you? Joe, there's one thing. I hope they'll say. And Paul said it about himself. He fought the good fight. He finished the race. And then hopefully I get to the gates and our Lord says, Eustace, my good and faithful servant, come on in. That's my prayer, Joe. Yeah, they, it, it, that's moving. It's funny, uh, Eustace, you know, we're sitting next to each other. You can see my notes here. It's funny, Joe, uh, the reflection that I created in my mind as we were talking with Eustace today was grow, create, serve. And wow, I just, um, those are three words that come to my mind around you. And it's, um, it's inspiring. It's, uh, 
it's a lot of fun. As I said earlier in our conversation, I really admire the fact that you have um, you have no hesitation to tell people where um, where you get your energy, where you get your juice. It, it, it's amazing, and um, uh, you know you referenced uh, Archbishop Carroll uh, earlier in our conversation. I think our local Catholic high schools are in real need of a whole lot of love. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people listening to our program today. Look, this program is created and served by folks that reach in their pockets and, and make a difference. I hope the listening audience understands that when you hear an announcement on this radio show, the, um, the announcements are generally about service. Uh, you know, you listen to Ashley Howard from LaSalle University, and, and he talks about not being a transactional coach, uh, but a transformational coach. And as Joe asked you that question, how do you want to be remembered? Use this whether you like this or not. I'm going to pay you this compliment. I think you've changed people's lives. And, you know, it's our hope that this radio work that we're doing here together today as a group uh, will have that same kind of positive impact. Your mother would be proud of us. Jimmy, thank you so much. And Joe, boy, I just really appreciate being with you guys. Uh, you'll be in my prayers and please keep up the great work. God bless. Amen. This is Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Back in a moment. Voices of Faith is brought to you in part by Mike Troy at KTB and his alma mater, Devon Prep. Devon Prep is a private Catholic college prep school for boys grades 6 through 12, focused on small class sizes, individual attention, and giving students opportunities they can't find anywhere else. Is your son's school starting part-time this fall? Is he outpacing his peers and not being pushed? Does his current school environment not allow him to be himself? If you want your son to be the best version of himself and find his right path, it all starts at their middle school. Get more than you pay for. Find out more and apply now at devonprep.com. Something spectacular happened on July 13th that is so worth sharing. Something really good, something really positive. Nothing the world would normally notice. Our world today certainly has has its challenges, and it is very important for us to pause at times and appreciate our blessings. The folks at Creative Financial ran a golf tournament on July 13th to raise funds for folks in need. The event was one of those rare times to relax, have fun, and enjoy a beautiful day on the golf course. The Mary and Joseph Cleary Center for Newborn Wellness was celebrated, and Dr. Eddie Cheng from Newborn Special Care Association shared insights about a very special effort to help newborn preemie babies and their families. When babies are born premature, Surely so many complications can occur and the challenge families face can be heartbreaking. In the spirit of Mary and Joseph Cleary, the doctors and professionals at Newborn Special Care Association are making a difference in our community. These folks roll up their sleeves and save lives and all they need is our support. So it is refreshing and incredible when people in our region step up so generously to respond. The Cleary Center is one of those remarkable places where folks experiencing adversity find the love and care we all need from time to time. A generous helping hand is always provided. What was especially outstanding about the gathering on July 13th was the camaraderie and good nature of the group. No complaining about how crazy life is now. In fact, quite the opposite. People were talking about solutions, next steps, and how we can all keep 
things moving forward together. That positivity speaks to the individual leadership all of us can bring to our day-to-day routines. So the next time someone complains about how bad things are today, tell them about the nurses, support staff, and doctors at Newborn Special Care Association. Tell them about Mary and Joseph Cleary and the positive impact they're still having today for those in need. Let's keep growing and supporting each other because that's the stuff which makes all the difference. Stay blessed. Uncommon Coaching with LaSalle basketball head coach, Ashley Howard. Hello, this is Ashley Howard from LaSalle University. And I would like to thank you for joining us for chapter four of Uncommon Coaching. Our topic today for Uncommon Coaching is sacrifice. And my question is, who has made more sacrifices for any of us than Jesus Christ? He was ridiculed, eventually persecuted so that he could spread the good word, the gospel of the Lord, and also that we can all live our lives as sinners. As a coach, I talk to our team about sacrifice. In order to be a great team, you have to be unselfish. You have to be willing to give up a small portion of yourself for the common good of the team. In our community today and around the country, I think we all have our differences of opinions, I think we all have our different perspectives. I think the common thing that we all need to embrace is the idea of sacrifice. Sacrifice being uncomfortable. Sacrifice having challenging conversations. Sacrifice maybe not appearing or looking to your peer group the same way that you, you once did because you stepped outside on faith and trusted your instincts of what's good and what's the Christian way of living. Again, I talk to our team all the time about making sacrifices. As we sacrifice now, in the middle of this pandemic, returning to campus, our guys have to sacrifice their free time. They have to sacrifice their initial instinct to want to get out and socialize with the other students on campus, the other people in the Philadelphia community. In order for us to be the best team that we can be and ultimately have a season this year, it's going to take an unbelievable amount of sacrifice on everybody in our community, in our team, on our campus. If we all embrace a little bit of sacrifice, giving a little bit of ourselves up for the common good of everyone else here, I think the world would be a much better place. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to this segment of Uncommon Coaching. This is Ashley Howard from LaSalle Men's Basketball. God bless. These are not typical or standard times, and the TAC Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. The company is owned and operated by Michael Cleary, and Michael and his team are not your standard check-the-box, put-in-your-time-and-go-home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for TAC clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, community, creativity. It all matters to the folks at TAC. And as we face some incredible challenges in our world today, TAC has decided to do something incredibly different and positive in our community. The Attack Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. For September, Tech honors Megan Smith and the Parker Lee Project. Parker Lee was born June 30th, 2010, and she changed the lives of most everyone she met. And through Megan and the Parker Lee Project, she still does. Helping parents and their special needs children get the supplies and equipment they need that's not covered by insurance or Medicaid. Starting humbly in Megan's garage, the Parker Lee Project now operates a large warehouse of supplies and equipment, helping in the constant fight and battle to get the things your child needs.
we come back to Voices of Faith with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. We're proud to introduce Jimmy Brown, a new segment that's going to be every month with Archbishop Perez. Trust and hope with Archbishop Perez. You sit down and go one-on-one with the Archbishop every month. Joe, it's a blessing. I'm so excited about what our listening audience is going to gain from this experience. Under the the title of our Trust and Hope umbrella, the, the feature that um, that we're asking you to dedicate a, a moment or two um, to each, each month, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what those two words mean to you, trust and hope, please? Well, they mean actually a lot to me because they're actually my Episcopal motto, right? Trust and hope in Latin, confide et spera. Um, and, and I, and I kind of chose that because, um, in many ways, because of my own mom, because at different moments, uh, of, uh, challenging moments and difficult moments, whether they've been ministerial or, or personal or familial, um, there was always, uh, in her prayer, right. Uh, especially prayer before the blessed mother, there's always this, uh, there was always that phrase, uh, you know, trust and hope. Love it. You know, trust, uh, trust and hope, uh, which is a common phrase in the scriptures, right? You know, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, uh, from the scriptures. Um, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, if not my probably singular scripture is actually from the Philippians four, four to nine. And it speaks of, you know, rejoice, rejoice always in the Lord and all things in Thanksgiving, present your, uh, your, 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 your concerns, your prayers to God have no anxiety at all, because the reality is that, uh, a lot of things in life make us scared, right? And they make us scared. It was, uh, it was, it was the gospel that happened uh, a couple Sundays ago, you know, uh, G- uh, Jesus sends his apostles off on, on the lake and, and a, and a storm instills, you know, and and everything goes topsy turvy, and and uh, and there they see him walking along, you know, whistling Dixie, you know, on top of the water, while they're over there, uh, turning themselves up, you know, their insides out, and and uh, and then they see him, and their their reaction initially is not, oh great, he's here. They, they thought he was a ghost. They thought he was a ghost, yeah. They thought he was a ghost. And his words to them, again, were, you know, take courage, do not be afraid, it is I. Even in the midst of the storm, that the storm is, is could possibly be even connected to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could possibly even, and that's the way life happens, right? We're moving along in life, and you're, we're whistling Dixie too, and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. Um, like a pandemic. Well, a, a pandemic in general, or the illness of a loved one, that that might not be a, 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 a you know a worldly pandemic, but it's certainly one in your family that turns things upside down, right? Uh, or you lose a job, or uh, you know, or life, life happens, right? And uh, and so before this life, you have a couple of choices, yeah. right? That that at the end we posture ourselves. We place ourselves. Do we do we come apart at the seams? Do we self-medicate through all sorts of stuff, or do we? The scriptures propose to us to trust and to hope that. And hope is not. Um, it's not just wishful thinking. 
it's the it's not just wishful thinking, right? That sometimes you know you know uh, you know I wish you a good day or uh, or I oh I hope you know all goes well. It's not that type of hope. Uh, hope is the conviction that that Paul came to, right? That somehow, some way, all things work together to, for those who love God. That that in the presence of our of the storms of the chaos of the storms of in the lives of our lakes of our lives, right? That that the one who's walking across is actually Christ. And the beautiful thing about that particular um, uh, segment is the fact that Jesus reach out, reaches out to Paul, or uh, Peter, To rather. Peter, right? right and right. Peter does fine as long as he's focusing on Christ, right? As soon as he starts to focus on the storm, right, then he starts to sink. Uh, but God is merciful because then Peter is bright enough to cry out, Help. and God and Jesus reaches out to him again because the Lord is always a Lord of second chances, right? The eternal second chances. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you, I think you are the youngest archbishop in, in the U.S. Is that, is that correct? You're one of it anyway. I might be the youngest right now. I think now. you are. In terms of trust, 215 parishes, 460 priests, 141,000 students. Mm. Wow. You know, it's a, it's a lot. And just your disposition is so encouraging. Can you talk a little bit about how it correlates to that um, trust? Well, I, I'm just one of those people right i'm just me right so i i do my job is the best way i do my job but i don't do my job alone so it's not like the weight of 200 fam uh, 200 parishes and and uh all these schools and all the you know 1.3 million people whatever it is is that that they're on my shoulders exclusively i'm not the savior you know, I'm just one. Well, it's funny. Uh, Joe and I, um, after our last gathering with you, um, talked about highlights. And when we asked what we could do on behalf of you, mm-hmm. the whole concept of you asking us to pray for for you and that it wasn't about you. Mm-hmm. It's about us. What a phenomenal message yeah. to send to our uh, our loyal listeners and our, yeah. our, our people of faith here. Right. Yeah. So I know my place. Yeah. And, uh, and you walk that walk, which is amazing because no one could be in your position without having the trust and hope right. that you bring to your day-to-day activity. Right. Absolutely. I mean, even today, you know, you were distracted this morning with something rather urgent. Mm-hmm. And um, I love your disposition when you walk in the room. You have a phenomenal tone of voice outside. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, um, um, uh, uh, Archbishop, if there's one parting comment that you want to give to our loyal listeners as they kind of experience this upcoming week, mm-hmm. uh, is there a, is there one particular message you want to share with us to uh, say hello and goodbye to our? Uh, I would use the word from that particular scripture, right, and let it hit everybody wherever it hits them, right. Take courage; it is I. Do not be afraid. And as we return, Jimmy Brown, from that one-on-one seven-minute interview that you did with Archbishop Perez on the message of hope, uh, incredible. It's a segment we're going to do now. Every month, Jimmy Brown goes one-on-one with Archbishop Perez. Joe, it was such a treat to have that time uh, together with the Archbishop. And as you know, he's been incredibly generous. So, um 
onward and upward. This thing is just building like a like a locomotive, let's say. On, uh, on as we come to the end of the show, our final segment, which many people will argue is our best segment of the uh, of the full hour. It's our first Trust Bank Philly Proud uh, nonprofit spotlight. If you go back to when we first came on the air, Jimmy, I said our introduction and our nonprofit spotlight tonight will stop you dead in your tracks. Well, this one certainly will stop you dead in your tracks. We're going to be talking with uh, Diane Hoffman, and Diane is uh, the Director of Family and Youth uh, Engagement down at Mother of Mercy House doing God's work um, in the community. So, Diane, welcome aboard, young lady. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say in a short period of time, Diane, and I know that um, this is a labor of love, and it's fascinating that the Archbishop talked about hope. Uh, Your summer kids program, uh, the pregnant moms outreach program, uh, you do so many phenomenal things, the access program with the city. Um, tell me, why, why, do you, why have you found your way to this location doing this kind of work? Well, you know, um, to be honest, I'm on the board of the Mother of Mercy House, which is a Catholic outreach program down in Kensington. And one of my really close girlfriends, Karen Crane, is our chair. And one day she asked me to come down and volunteer, which I did. Uh, It was a little overwhelming, to be honest, at first. But I did, and I fell in love with the people down here, and I never left. So I went from being, I'm actually a certified family recovery specialist, which has me dealing with families that have someone suffering from addiction so i came down here doing that work and i just started to do some programs and the team down here works really hard to get the community engaged and now i'm the director of youth and family engagement just to try and get especially the kids in the area out from behind their doors you know we help with the homeless and addicted but we also help with the community and the families and we do that work wow so, so the, 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 I love the kid the kids are, you know, we've talked in the past just casually. Give us a memory of this past summer with that summer kids program. Was there a person that really leaped out at you? Mm. Actually, I love all my kids, to be honest with you. They're, it's a great group. But, you know, I have, I, I guess the one that would stand out the most is I have a, a girl that's finishing high school. Her name is Leilani. I won't give you her last name, but, you know, she came in here. It's hard to come in when you're older into a group of all different ages. You know, you want to be cool, whatever. But once the kids came in and they were all different ages, and I noticed she just acclimated to to whoever showed up that day, and she helped them. And I, I thought that was a beautiful thing. Everyone was kind and loving and fun. And it's hard when you take young kids to high school kids and invite anyone to come to a kids club. And and she was great. And she isn't a kid. She's a young adult. And I did right. love that. Diane Hoffman from the Mother of Mercy House, our first trust bank nonprofit spotlight. And once again, uh, Jimmy, we prove that we never have enough time uh, in the segment uh, to get up close and personal. But a great job by Diane Hoffman. Diane, thank you so much for being part of Voices of Faith. And more importantly, thanks so much for the work that you do and the lives that you change. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, Good stuff with Diane Hoffman, Jimmy Brown. Just 30 seconds before we say goodbye uh, to our listening audience. Um, I don't know how to summarize the show other than to say um, 
that it was just incredible to listen to the many different voices today on Voices of Faith. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, Joe, that we close the show with Diane Hoffman and you heard her voice. And, um, you know, I happen to, to know Diane from some history. And believe me when I tell you, Joe, the concept of uh, trust and hope is at the heart and soul of that lady's operation. That's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith. As Jimmy Brown and I say goodbye to you on this Saturday night, we ask you to remember to keep the faith, believe in hope, and love one another. See you next time, everybody. Voices of Faith is produced in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia. And a special thank you to the Philadelphia Boys Choir, a Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.